Hey, 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 horror one and crime peeps. What up, creepies? What up, low? What up? So low. How you doing? How you feeling? You were uh, sick there for a few days. I was down, but I am not out. Um, I may sound still a little nasally, but yeah, I had some days. Um, it wasn't the vid. Tests were taken. Um, it was just almost like three straight days of migraine right behind my right eyeball. And I felt like my right side of my brain was just going to explode at any second. And I was very tired and just full of all the congestion, but like no fever, no, none of that stuff. Just, yeah, migraine, which could have been because of I was sinusy and uh, very fatigued, just no energy, like at all. Oh. I mean, I'd go downstairs to get a bottle of water and then I'd be like, Okay, I'm tired. I need to go back upstairs. And then I'd like get to the bed and just like crash. <laughs> oh my god, though. Three straight days of a migraine sounds like like absolute pure hell. In my opinion. I just think that headaches are the worst. So I'm glad that you're feeling much better on the up and up. <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm back. She's back, guys. Back and better than ever. <laughs> I mean. Oversell it. <laughs> You're like, I'm still recovering a little bit. <laughs> um, so switching it up a little bit. Um, can we talk about effing Adam Levine? Uh, you know, Mama, if you're listening, just fast forward for 45 seconds, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, no, my mom loves him. Um, she watches The Voice. She's a big voice fan and um I always thought he had an arrogant side to him like I've read stuff before like he wouldn't take pictures with his fans and he he was just like I don't know if it was because she was ugly. he said I only take pictures with beautiful women or pretty women or something like that ew I, I feel that. like that I feel like that was said somewhere or something I don't know whatever it was, it just kind of turned me off. So I always thought he was kind of arrogant. And then this just kind of solidates it for me. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know that he said that. I could always like, I could see that like for sure. Like I could tell he kind of was like very cocky. Like he just has that energy about him where, you know, he like thinks that he's all that or like he just expects people to like treat him like, you know, this giant superstar kind of thing. Um, my mom also loves him, like loves him, loves him. I got her concert tickets for her birthday last year. And I will say it was a really good concert, but still. Yeah, but now my mom's hearing this and she's going to think that you like your mom better than I like my mom because I didn't buy her tickets. Oh, no, no, no. But listen, <laughs> I'm about to reel into this man, okay? Because I don't believe anything that he says. I, I you know. I was going to actually, no, I was going to say, I can appreciate that he, you know, didn't completely say like, oh, this is all fake. And like, he owned up to some, like, you know, messaging this girl or whatever. But then I'm like, you know what? No, I don't think that I don't like give him props for that because she had receipts. So like, he kind of fucking had to do that, you know? And it's like, he's just saying, oh, I never, I never actually met up with these, 
this girl or anything. I just messaged with her, which is, I just feel BS. And there's just so many well, other girls coming out of the woodwork being like, this... I have messages too. Well, to me, I'm sorry. Like, if that was the case with my husband, we know my husband goes all over the world without me. Right. And if I came home and saw his phone, I was like, no, 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 no. We didn't, we didn't hang out. I was just messaging with her. Um, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Not okay. Yeah, exactly. Even if like, he didn't. You're still in some shit now, bro. Like. Yeah. Why are you even talking to other women? Like. Exactly. Like that, you know. And it's just. Now, like I said, I'm not a jealous person if he had girls that were just friends that he knew okay but just random chicks that you meet since we've been married no we're gonna have problems <laughs> yeah exactly and when he there's like inappropriate like flirtatious comments going on oh my god the like I felt disrespected like in my body when he was like oh can I name my baby after you I'm like that's that's actually like fucked up. Like that's gross. It's sick and twisted. Yeah. <laughs> that's gross. Like ew. Yeah, no, not not standing. Uh, not standing at him, Mr. Adam Levine. After all this, and I just feel horrible for his wife and his kids. And, you know, his wife's pregnant. Like I can't. Oh, I can't even imagine like going through all this, like so publicly. Also, on top of just finding out that your husband's cheating on you, but like the whole world's talking about it and it's all over the internet. Like, I truly can't even imagine. So, um, yeah, sending her love because that's got to be just, she's just got to be in a real shitty place right now. Yeah. And I don't know, especially like, I could understand if it was one girl. Like, I'd be like, okay, bad call. You know, mm-hmm. I met her when we were on tour or whatever. We had a couple of drinks as a group. You know, she was cool to talk to. Still bad choice. But now that you have, you know, I can get over that maybe. But now you have like 7, 10, 12 girls coming out. To me, you're a repeat offender, dude. Yeah, like serial offender. Yeah, no. Um, he He's definitely in hot water right now. Um, but to get off our pop culture rant, I was going to say that at least it takes the heat off of Leonardo DiCaprio right now. Oh yeah. True. You know, what's funny. Did you hear he's dating a 27 year old and you know what? I'm like, you know what, bro? He's doing that because everybody was talking about how he's only dated like 25 and under or whatever, 26 and under, whatever it was. They turn 20 or they turn 26 and then he breaks up with them. He's like, he's like, fine, I'll go a year, a year higher just to like prove everybody wrong. I'm like, oh my God. Just a PR stunt. For real. I'm like. Which I mean, whatever. I mean, it's not a good look on him, but you know, again, makes him seem a little arrogant and cocky and whatever, but do your thing, I guess. But if he's being faithful, then whatever. And if the girls know this going into it, so if you start dating them at 21, you better have a five-year plan, bro. Right? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say marry him before then he'll divorce you at 26, but I don't think, I just don't see marriage in Leo's future. I don't know. I don't know that he's well, like wanting that path for himself. 
We never thought George would do it and he ended up doing it. Yeah, actually, that's a great example. You're right. So, you but... never know. Never say never, I guess. <laughs> All right. Now we can get off the pop culture rant if you want. I just wanted to. Oh, I mean, hey, I could talk about pop culture stuff going on all day long so that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast (laughs) i like is that what our listeners are listening for right no we are here to talk about uh different different drama um some 1800s drama this episode but before we do get into that um lo do you want to tell the peeps what we're drinking yes um so our story is in the 1800s so we weren't sure exactly what kind of wine they liked back then because it was probably just like straight, like no fancy smancy stuff like we drink now. Straight so, poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we went a little different and tonight we are going to do Crown and Coke. So we're doing a little bit of whiskey. Um, bourbon would have been cool but that's just a little too smoky for me and we ain't getting that down kk no no no. (laughs) nowhere near my mouth (laughs) so i can i can get her to do crown with me so we're gonna do some crown on coke yes yes getting that uh getting that whiskey kind of like a themed themed night (laughs) um i'm excited about this story uh it's a little bit of a shorter one but um definitely takes us on a journey for sure and it kind of um winds in a little bit with like last week's just like kind of similar vibes you know not really the same thing but like similar vibes I would say this bitch is more crazier but yeah um so Crystal you've listened to nursery rhymes when you were a little your mom probably sang them to you oh yeah all the time all the time well how about this one Mary Ann Cotton, she's dead and forgotten, lying in her bed with her bones all rotten. Sing, sing, what can I sing? Mary Cotton tied up with strings. Oh my gosh. Guys, um, love that. It ties into uh today's story, so that's freaking amazing. Um, and you guys will find out uh find out soon here why all that uh makes sense in that nursery rhyme (laughs) and crystal is gonna take us down the road yes um so this is the story of mary ann cotton so her maiden name she was born mary ann robson um she was born on halloween october 31st of 1832 she was born in county durnham northeast england her mother's name was margaret longsdale and her father was michael robson and her father was a coal miner mary ann was baptized at saint mary's west rainton on november 11th um and she had a sister margaret who was born a couple years after her but she sadly only lived for a few months um you know 1800s I feel like it was kind of common for a lot of babies to pass away at this time just because obviously in the 1800s healthcare wasn't like a huge thing happening 
Um, and she also did have a brother named Robert, um, and he was born in 1835. She seemingly had like a, you know, a, a pretty normal childhood in her early years, um, you know, aside from her sister passing away at such a young age. Um, she didn't really have like a, a hard family life growing up um, when she was eight. Her parents moved the family to County Durham village of Merton. Um, so Mary Ann was in school. The Northern Echo published an article containing a description of Mary Ann from some of her teachers and her Sunday school superintendent over at Merton. Um, they described her as a most exemplar- exemplary and regular attender a girl of innocent disposition and average intelligence, which I just think is, is that rude? I feel like that's rude. Um, And distinguished for her particularly clean and tidy appearance. I thought that this quote from her teachers is just kind of funny. I mean, obviously just the verbiage is kind of funny. I mean, they were from England, so obviously they talked a little different, but it was also in the 1800s. But I just thought it was funny because they just called her a regular attender and average intelligence. (laughs) It's like, um, thanks. Thanks, I think. So soon after the move, Mary Ann's father. um, So, yeah, he worked as a coal miner. He was at work one day and he was up on like a like mine shaft type thing. And unfortunately, he had a slip and he fell 150 feet to his death um, down this mine shaft um, at the Merton Colliery in February of 1842. So he ended up dying from this fall. So this was kind of crazy to me. So after, you know, her father died, his body was actually delivered right to their front door to her mother in a sack that said the word it had like the stamp property of south hetton coal company like literally his dead body in a sack right on their front door so they don't really just tell you in a messenger they tell you by dropping off the body right like i don't know i don't know if your husband so sorry condolences Hey, like, I don't know if there was like a heads up or like if someone, if it was like a ding dong ditch situation where they're like, ooh, yikes. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, could you imagine? No, like the trauma that that has to cause people. Like, and I don't know, like, was this a common practice in the 1800s to like deliver? family members dead bodies like to the front door or did only the coal miners do this like (laughs) and I feel bad forever who got that job yeah I don't know I just thought that that was just like truly bananas (laughs) the shit Uh, is bananas oh my gosh so yeah so he he was delivered to their front door um and you know he was the breadwinner of the family and so with his passing um they were having big money problems um and you know if they had been living in a house like a normal house they would have totally have gotten evicted um but 
they were living at the miner's cottage um, and it was tied to her dad's job. So they did let them stay there and live there kind of, uh, I don't know, as like a just to help them out, I guess. So at least they did something nice after dropping his body off to them. So in 1843, her mother married George Stott. Uh, He was also a minor, just began this new part of their family. And so at this point, Marianne was 16 and she decided to leave home to become a nursemaid, which basically is like you know, a nanny and a cleaner, like she watches the kids and like cleans the house and all that. Um, And it was at a nearby village of South Hetton. Um, And it was in the home of Edward Potter, who was a manager at the um, coal, the coal mines also. So after all of the children had been sent to boarding school, um, so like her siblings because her mom did end up having more kids with her new husband um over the next three years mary returned to her mom and stepfather's home and she was kind of training to be a dressmaker at this point i guess and in 1852 she was 18 and then married william mowbray um so her first husband he was a coal miner And over the next decade or so, the couple had eight or nine children in total. Um, There's not a ton of information on this. Like there's a lack of documentation, you know, things like birth and death certificates. Um, It was 1800. So not a lot of paper trail left behind there. Um, So wait, they didn't have the cloud then? I know. Right. Like that's how we dial up. (laughs) So out of touch. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so since they didn't have the cloud (laughs) or even dial up a lot of people aren't exactly sure on the exact amount of children that they had but um it was somewhere around eight or nine so they kind of moved around frequently um and after moving around a bit the family settled in hendon durham county in about 1856 at some point william had taken out a life insurance policy that covered both him and their three surviving children. Um, The other children had all died from gastric fever. They ruled it, um, which apparently at the time was a common sickness that had symptoms similar to arsenic poisoning. So things like diarrhea, fever, vomiting, like exhaustion, just like poison sickness, basically. Um, But, you know, I guess it was a common thing that people got sick of and died a lot of the time from back then. Um, So it wasn't it was a sad situation, obviously, but it wasn't anything extremely shocking to the people around them. After the children died, they moved back to northeast England, where William was working as a fireman Um, on kind of like a steamship, I guess. And then after a little while of doing that, he started working as a coal foreman. And Mary, at that point, had another daughter named Isabella in 1858. But 
she again had another daughter named Margaret Jane, and she was born in 1861. And then she had another son in 1863. So she was kind of bopping out the kids. <laughs> I guess that's what you do in the 1800s. <laughs> and gastric fever, weirdly enough, also claimed William's life in 1864. And the lives of two other children soon afterward, both from gastric fever again. Now, at this point, I'm like, well, damn, does everybody get this? Or is this like weird, weirdly specific, you know, kind of got uh, my eyebrow raised up at this point. I'm like, that's a lot of gastric fever going on over there. Is it like contagious? Like what's going on? Spish, 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 indeed. Um, so Mary Ann received the life insurance money from William, obviously, because he died of gastric fever. And she then left her surviving daughter in the care of her mother. So seven kids and William have died so far at this point, all from gastric fever. Sus. (laughs) I mean, I'd plant a few red flags there, but. Right. Yeah. A few flags are being. Maybe like seven, (laughs) eight. (laughs) Flapping in the wind. They're flapping in the wind. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the seven kids and William died. And then Marianne still had the one daughter um, who at this point went to go live with her grandma. Run, bitch, run for your life. I know, literally, like, I don't know. She must have, uh, well, I don't know. I guess we'll get there. I won't won't say anything, but um, yeah, stay away from the gastric fever. Apparently, it's catching on to everybody. (laughs) So, you know, no one really suspected anything was going on. Everything seemed like a normal morning situation. Like, she seemed like a, a grieving mother who lost her husband and all of her kids and people just kind of thought it was like a very unfortunate situation, but nobody really raised, you know, a red flag. Like we are at Mary herself because they just thought, Oh, what a horrible situation. Like what would they think? And also I feel like people weren't like true crime heads like they are today. So like, they probably never thought like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, if someone had started a podcast back then. I know. Gosh, if we could time travel and <laughs> trademark that shit. <laughs> so at this point, Marianne started working as a hospital nurse in nearby Sunderland. And in 1865, she ended up marrying a patient named George Ward. Um. Now, they weren't together very long, her and George, because he ended up dying the (laughs) following year after a he was sick for a long time. So he did die after a long illness um, and he was very sick and he had like symptoms where he was like paralyzed and just slowly um, deteriorating, I guess. But. The doctor was very surprised that he passed on so soon. It seemed to him like their his symptoms kind of progressed way faster than they were expecting. You know, he got worse way faster. 
Um, so his doctor was kind of shocked by this, um, which also, you know, lifts up my eyebrow a little bit higher too. <laughs> and another reason why it's a little extra spish spish is because Marianne, once again, also reportedly collected money from another insurance and policy after George passed away. So she's just collecting and collecting so far. So she then went on to find work as a housekeeper for a man named James Robinson. And he was a widower. He also had five children of his own. Um, Reportedly, just weeks after her arrival there in 1866, one of his five children like randomly died of gastric fever and it was his youngest child which is so weird to me because i'm like they weren't even really together at this point like they weren't married or anything at this point so i'm like you know if uh, mary had something to do with this gastric fever did she just really hate that kid you know what i mean like, she's like, I don't even want to deal with this one. Like, so I'm just going to get rid of this well, one well, now. Well, he had five kids. She had to start cleaning house early. Yeah, she had to spread it out. She couldn't uh, couldn't do it all at once, I guess. Be a little too uh, too suspicious on her part. Um. So, yeah, then they had eventually gotten together, you know, the whole shebang. And Mary then became pregnant again. And... They were together. So there were five kids at this point, you know, one being her own. And then the other four were his other children. And a a year had gone by about and Mary Ann ended up going to visit her mother who was sick with hepatitis. Um, So she went there for a little while just to visit her and kind of take care of her apparently Um, and take care of her. She did because... (laughs) About a, a week or so after Mary had returned from visiting her, her mother died. And I kind of read like back and forth on whether Mary had anything to do with this death um, because, you know, her mother was sick, so she could have just died naturally. But it is very weird that she died right after <laughs> Mary went to go visit her and it's just weird you know everywhere Mary goes there seems to be a trail of dead bodies <laughs> so I don't know the true tea on that one but very 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 sus <laughs> so yeah since Marianne's mother died and her daughter was like living with her mom so then Marianne kind of uh took her daughter with her obviously at this point And her and her daughter went to go live at the Robinson home with Mowbray. Um, And in 1867, her daughter and two other of Robinson's children died. Yet again, more, more deaths, just deaths on deaths on deaths. So then in August, Marianne married Robinson, and the couple had two children together, though only one survived. And 
fast forward a couple years to 1869, Robinson discovered he was like pretty smart. He kind of caught on. He was catch he was catching weird vibes from Marianne. Okay. He caught her stealing from him. Like thousands. Um she told his children to pawn items from their home, but then give her the money. Um, and he just obviously thought this was super weird and he grew really suspicious of her. Um, and she had repeated requests that he take out a life insurance policy. So again, he was like, he just felt like the situation was off. So soon she was thrown out by him. And for a time she was homeless and Robinson had kept their one child that lived um, his, it was a son named George. However, in 1870, Mary Ann met another widower, Frederick Cotton, who was the brother of a friend. They kind of got together because they bonded over lost family. You know, Frederick was a widower, so he was grieving like the death of of his wife and Marianne obviously at this point has lost a lot of people. So they kind of connected and like built a bond over that. Um, And that year, both Cotton's sister and his youngest child both died. Um, So he was kind of even going through more, more death that he was dealing with. In September of 1870, Marianne and Frederick Cotton were married, though I don't really know. I mean, I guess the laws would be different, but she was still at the time married to Robinson. Um, So I guess she was double married. I don't know. Um, I guess they didn't really (laughs) they didn't really fact check that kind of stuff back then. She just uh, they didn't fact check deaths back then. Yeah, they they didn't do much fact checking back in the day. (laughs) So, yeah, she was um, married to Frederick Cotton, um, even though she was still married to Robinson. But, you know, he 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 got wise and kicked her out. Um, but yeah, later her and Frederick gave birth to a son. So at this point, this was her 12th pregnancy. Um, which dang, that's gotta take a toll <laughs> on your body, you know, 12 pregnancies. <laughs> and soon after the birth of her son, she had heard from a man named Joseph, who apparently was a longtime lover of hers who now was only living about 30-ish minutes away from her. Um, And he had also, at the time, gotten recently divorced. So Mary was very intrigued. Uh, She wanted to get closer to him. So she convinced her husband, Frederick, to move to the town where Joseph was living. Basically, I mean, she didn't tell her husband this, but she wanted to move there so that she can continue her secret affair with him. Okay, Dolly. That's what I'm saying. That is where the (laughs) tie-in is. I'm like, this, I mean, she's a player. She's a player player. (laughs) Yeah, but Dolly wasn't out to hurt nobody. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mary was a little more twisted than that. Um, (laughs) So by the end of the following year, 
her husband, Frederick Cotton, and two more of their children had died. It's super weird, but they all died from, like, gastric fever. (laughs) Like, so random, right? (laughs) I was not expecting you to say that. I know. Coming out of left field. Um, And again... Marianne reportedly received an insurance payout. Weird. This is just such a weird uh, line of coincidences, don't you say? (laughs) And who is your insurance carrier? Right? Aren't they a little suspicious at this point? (laughs) Um, So around this time after her husband and two of the children had died Marianne moved in with her former lover Joseph yeah so she's living with Joseph but then she becomes pregnant by another man named John Quick Manning Um, and she met him because she was working in his home um i think just doing like housekeeping type things yeah Um, she was yeah she yeah she was that's what she told her husband she was doing um or her lover or whatever so yeah so she so she's with joseph but she gets pregnant by john um and now flash forward a couple of years 1872 her lover that she was living with joseph natras he ends up dying um now i don't know exactly how he died um i couldn't really find out you know if he died from gastric fever uh, i'm like i mean right (laughs) right i'm gonna assume i'm gonna say it's safe to assume he probably died from you know my air quotes in gastric fever um but i'm not sure because he only really left like very small amount of belongings to marianne like nothing that was I just feel like nothing that would be worth her killing him over. I mean, unless, you know, she was just over him and was like, well, I guess I guess he can go now. Um, but yeah, so she didn't really get uh, an insurance payout from this death um, because I, I they were never married. Um, he was they were just like living together. Um, so she then allegedly told a local official named Riley that she could not marry John Quick Manning, her baby daddy, her, you know, secret baby daddy, because of her seven-year-old stepson named Charles Edwin Cotton. So the child remaining of from Frederick that was kind of left after Frederick passed. Um, however, she added to Riley... She was like, oh, well, he's really sick. I won't be troubled long. <laughs> like insinuating like he going to be gone soon. So then I can marry my baby daddy. <laughs> just give me a week. Just give me just give me a little bit of time and then we can get married. I got um, this down. I got this down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> She's got it down to a science. <laughs> she has got it down to a science. Um, Yeah. So the boy did in fact die soon after and after the boy died thankfully 
Riley, the official, he was like weirded out by this. Clearly, like it gave him weird vibes. So he notified the police. And Mary went right away to the insurance office after the boy died. Uh, But they said that she needed a death certificate first. So she was just all about getting that money, you know, like she. she like, was, ma'am, ma'am, the body's not in the morgue yet. Um, you're going to have to wait like three, four hours at least. Like, right. Like, why are you so eager? Like your stepson just died. The poor boy's on his, you know, drive to the hospital. And she at the insurance company. Right. I bet she didn't even drive him to the hospital. (laughs) Um, So an examination ultimately revealed the presence of arsenic in his stomach. Authorities also like kind of examined the bodies of Joseph Natras and two other cotton children. And they were all weirdly determined to have been poisoned with arsenic. But guess what? Police still didn't suspect her. Oh, dear God. They need a new sheriff in town. Like how? I don't understand. How, how Like, how do you miss that? It's the clearest, easiest puzzle in the entire world. So the local newspapers went crazy with this story. Um, you know, they were putting together all the pieces, you know, figuring out that at least 11 kids three husbands, a lover, and her mother all died in the same way. So all ding, these ding ding fucking ding. Yes. <laughs> all these people uh. surrounding Marianne died in the same way. So they kind of were the ones to put it together. Like the police didn't do this. It was the newspapers. It was like the story that came together and then the police were like, "Oh, you know, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> oh my God. That kind of seems like logical. <laughs> so Marianne was ultimately charged with the murder of Charles Edward Cotton, her stepson. And while she was in jail, she gave birth to another daughter in January of 1873. Um. That infant, who was reportedly her 13th child and another offspring, were the only ones alive still at this point. So all of her other kids died because of her. She killed all of her other children. And Marianne's trial, it began two months after the newspapers and the police kind of like put everything together Um, And the defense claimed that the deceased, so her stepson, had inhaled arsenic dust from wallpaper dye, um, which was a conceivable explanation given that arsenic was then common in many household items. So it it wasn't like that far of a stretch if that were to have happened. Um, However, the prosecution's evidence you know, notably, obviously, the other arsenic-related deaths, like the other, like, however many, like, what, 15 of them or whatever there were, it, it proved insurmountable, and she was obviously convicted. 
And ultimately, she was sentenced to death. From her prison cell, Mary Ann wrote a lot of letters to the press claiming that she was innocent. And people sided with her, which is so wild to me that a lot of people took her side and believed her. But mostly, I guess, because she was pregnant, uh, she got a lot of sympathy from the public. People felt bad for her that she was pregnant and, you know, going being charged and sentenced to death or whatever. But I just am like, how do you believe this lady after all these people died from arsenic poisoning all around her? Like, yeah, she was pregnant 13 times. Like, right. uh, Don't feel bad. Right. You should. They should be happy that this pregnancy, this child will actually be able to live a full life because she won't be there to murder it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, on March 24th, 1873, Marianne was hanged in a bungled execution. Now, but get this, it was a real messy execution that had gone on. (laughs) So it was performed by a quote, notoriously clumsy hangman. And I guess the trap door, like, it wasn't positioned high enough to break her neck. So, like, the executioner had to press down on her shoulders to, like, force it. And it had taken, like, oh, I know. It had taken over three minutes before she finally died of this man just, like, pressing her down, like, choking her. Which is just, like, it's so barbaric. But at the same time, she killed so many of her family members, her children, her husbands, her lovers, her mom. Like, it's like, okay, you know, I feel like she probably deserved to die. But it's also like so barbaric the way that they did it. Could you imagine like being the spectators at that? Just like, oh, oh, oh. Just kind of watching it. Like, it's it's almost like in my mind, like a. Like the Men in Tights movie, like the Robin Hood Men in Tights, where it's just like a spoof of a really stupid movie. <laughs> yes. And you just picture the scene in like one of those types of movies or like the. Um... Did you just come up with a great idea for a movie <laughs> like this, but as like a comedy? I really didn't. I'm just saying like, like how it just like spoofed it like you've seen robin hood men in tights right? yeah yeah no i'm okay. saying this would make a great one <laughs> a little dirt comedy but maybe just the end scene right right but i'm just like oh my gosh that's what it reminds me of you're just like uh hang on a second we're just gonna just, just one, one second please like is it like submission or down <laughs> Oh my Uh, god, I can't even imagine being there. Like, I feel like I would have to look away. Like, I feel like I would actually vomit, (laughs) like, watching that for over three minutes. And, you know, when something, like, uncomfortable is happening, three minutes would feel like such a long-ass time. (laughs) Like, it would feel like so long. Oh my god. (laughs) So she had a uh, intense death. (laughs) during her execution um but yeah marianne never confessed 
to any of the killings. The number of her victims is uncertain, though most sources believed that she killed upwards of 21 people. But she was like, she was a serial killer, serial killer. But it was like her family that she was killing, too. It wasn't like... Which makes it worse. Because I know they're kind of comparing this to like right before Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least Jack the Ripper was like prostitutes and whores and they weren't like his family members. Like his children, yeah. And his mother. Not that those women just needed to die either. That's not what I'm saying. No, yeah. I'm just saying at least it wasn't like they weren't children. They weren't his children. Like, right. Like I feel like there's just like a an like an extra depthness of like sinister to this one just because of like this how is like even worse than the Debbie Downs story. Oh yeah, because there's so many more. Was it was it Debbie Diane? Diane Downs, yeah. I think I said I think I called her Debbie even when we did it. I was like, why do I see you keep saying Debbie? Should but we call her Deb? <laughs> this is like even worse than the Diane Downs, like hint, 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 episode something. Right, yeah. Go back, listen to that one. It'll take um, the edge off this one. <laughs> no kidding. But I mean, she shot her kids in the backseat which was terrible mm-hmm. um one passed away two survived sorry but at least she tried to play it off as a sweet loving mom even though she was a crazy psychopath oh my god yeah uh, yeah this this lady was a. Uh, she was one in a million <laughs> that's for sure she really wanted that insurance money <laughs> and insurance money honey but it's like i have to wonder like why was she so invested in getting this insurance money? If she stayed married, I, like she would have been fine, you know, in the 1800s. I mean, not that I was there, but I feel like if you were a married woman and you had a family and you had a husband that was working, whether, you know, it, it, whether it was the coal miner husband, the firefighter husband, the foreman husband, like they all had decently good jobs. So she would have been fine and she would have been set. Like, I think that she literally had like a thirst for murder. She had to have. Maybe. Or she was scared that the money would go to the kids. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I Or Gosh. she just, she wanted the money now. Like. Yeah. She's like, I don't need no man. I just want that money. <laughs> oh my God. It's so sad. And if you do look at her, the picture, like her eyes and her eyebrows it's just it looks pure evil she looks scary i said she looks like she got like a really bad facelift (laughs) like really bad Uh, it is really pictures we'll post them on the social oh yeah Uh, so yeah some people claimed that she was britain's first female serial killer a lot of people believe that um but I guess other women had previously been hanged for poisoning multiple people as well. But I guarantee they did not poison upwards of 21 people. <laughs> so I think she was the most intense uh, female serial killer back then. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she was widely regarded as the country's deadliest killer. Up until Harold Shipman, who was thought to have murdered as many as 260 people in the late 20th century. Um, Yeah, so maybe we'll have to do that. Do an episode on uh, Harold there. 
in the future at some point because that's a lot of people it'll be a he'll be an 80 part story we gotta cover 260 murders god unless you like hijack the plane or something right but if it's one at a time man oh man (laughs) exactly yeah so i guess allegedly marianne poisoned all of her victims obviously with arson um arsenic with their tea like she would make them tea and put it in that which at the time arsenic was not easily traceable to find in people's systems um as far as it was being in the tea you know the victims didn't know because it was colorless and it was odorless and tasteless so they really wouldn't have had any idea that she was poisoning them also you know she was their mom and their wife and their daughter so like why would they think that she would be poisoning them I mean, I could even get like one passed away. Okay. A second one died a couple of years. Okay. That's really bad luck. When it starts to be like three and four and 11 and 12 and mom and husband number three. And I'm like, um, maybe we should look into this. Like, right. Like, uh, I feel like after five i would be like "Mm, hold up now hold up hold up the fact that the police (laughs) didn't even put it together until like the newspapers were like um this seems weird they're like it just goes to show how top-notch their police department was over there back then okay (laughs) all for that uh all for that insurance money baby (laughs) she uh she had an agenda (laughs) <laughs> this made me think um of the song where it's like she worked hard for the money <laughs> so hard for it honey <laughs> say that i treat her yeah, right <laughs> oh shit or you're gonna die exactly she's gonna poison you <laughs> so i can uh, leave you guys on a, a lighter note before we okay, sign off, off. Uh, before yeah. i i will say really quick i did get my uh Majority of my info from Britannica.com and a little bit of wiki. So shout out to them. Wiki, 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 wiki. Okay. Wiki, wiki. <laughs> so I just had three little stupid, dumb criminals. Classless layer criminals. My fave. It's, it's been a second. I love those. So and these are super short. Like they're not even full stories. They're just a little funny. Whatever. So... A woman in Fresno, California, she was stopped for a DUI at a checkpoint. And she was ever so helpful because she offered up the info to the police officer when they were talking to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, my husband's right behind me and he's even drunker than I am. (laughs) She sold him out. (laughs) Yes. So... Couples that drink together, stay together. Or do they? they? Did they? Yeah, did they stay together after that? They mad after that. She's like, I got to look out for number one. (laughs) So my next one is Mitchell Desolate. So Mitchell Desolate walked into a Baton Rouge, Louisiana hotel and asked a clerk for a room. But the clerk wasn't a clerk. He was a state trooper. And the hotel wasn't actually a hotel. It was a state trooper station. And that's when Desolette was arrested and charged with driving while intoxicated. So this man thought he was rolling up to a a hotel 
to like crash uh-huh. but it was like it was like a police station basically and he walked up to the desk thinking it was a clerk and asked for a room he was hammered my dude was hammered oh my god you got a room all right <laughs> in the cell <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah and the last one so when the police in vancouver canada asked to search jason pouchy's apartment for drugs he wasn't a suspect in fact they were looking for someone else but that all changed and they got to look at how his name was listed on his cell phone jason Pouchet, drug dealer so he was just selling himself out <laughs> why why would he do that because because they're all stupid they're just stupid <laughs> yeah you might not want to put like jason the drug dealer as you know right like he should have just put like pharmaceutical salesman or something like that or just jason yeah or just jason would have worked i don't understand why he had to add his uh his title his working title uh my goodness <sighs> i live for those they're just they never cease to amaze me. You know what I mean? Yeah. God. Oh, I love that. Less classless, Lear, you classy people. Classy mofos. Oh, uh, well, thank you for uh, ending it on a joyful note because <laughs> never, uh, never not puts a smile on my face at the end of a, of a darker episode. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know. And when I talked to you yesterday, you said it was going to be a little bit of a shorter one. So I was like, well, maybe I'll slide some in. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while, so. Well, a lot of times our stories were like, oh my gosh, okay, we've been rambling. So. Right. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, thanks for sticking through. Sorry if I sound all stuffy and nasally. and I did sniffle a couple times. I was trying to keep it on the Lodo, but. You're good. You're good. If you I didn't it, even notice. Apologies, or so. I'll try to. I'll try to edit that out. You know, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate. We appreciate all your listens. Uh, share. Share our podcast. Give us likes. Give us reviews. You know all the stuff. Um, my KK is. She's one tough cookie to get a hold of these days. She, she's got jam packed calendars. Like my daughter was like, "You think uh, KK can come over and help me with you know some dance practice?" I'm like, "Book her, book her now, <laughs> book me so ASAP." It was, like, so it was like a week from Saturday. She had to book it. So um, maybe if uh, we can slide it in, depending on how long their dancing takes. Um, we can slide in a horror movie and give you guys another review. Yes, I'm so down. Um, I know you're time constricted, but we'll try to squeeze it in. I'll get there at 7 a.m. <laughs> That's what it takes. Can I have it at least till 9? You're like, you're like, bitch, my <laughs> doors are going to be locked. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> no, but I'm but, so down. Yeah. We, I liked doing that last time, kind of having the little horror movie piece in there, too we'll schedule it (laughs) oh but yes uh 
thanks for listening guys and we will see you next week on that note we got to go stay creepy but to the bye <laughs> bye bye bye